Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the president of memes of Jets Twitter. It's NYJ Matt. How we doing, Mike? Episode 13. Yes. Feeling good, man. Feeling good. The Don good. Maynard episode. The Don Maynard episode. Yeah, we have a top five to kick off the episode. We're doing top five tailgating activities, specifically for the New York Jets. Mike, I'm 2-0 and in top five so far. So are you feeling confident that you're going to break the streak? Dude, the first, the first top five, I'll give it to you. The second one, I should have won. I think it was like 60% to 40%. It was still kind of a landslide. I played really well the second top five. <laughs> I was like I was like Jets Packers twenty eighteen. Played well. Yeah. You know, did some good things, lost a shootout. I feel you. So I, I think I have first pick for the, the top five tailgating activities. I'm gonna start out with the nine thirty AM crack open a beer. One of my favorite things to do going to MetLife. You get there early about four to five hours before the game. You look at the stadium, you're one of the first people there, you go over the cooler, crack open a beer at 9.30 in the morning. No, no better feeling than that. There's a few beers that might top it, but tailgate beer 9.30 is my number one pick. It's hard to argue with. I enjoy that beer as well. I have that on my list, of course, but I think I could, I think I could beat that. My number one tailgating activity, I wake up, Going to the Jet game, the number one thing that I'm excited to do, throw the football. Mm -hmm. Toss Mm -hmm. the pigskin around. Pretend that I'm, you know, whatever quarterback, receiver. Use the lines of the parking lot to get my feet in bounds as the sideline. Nothing better than that. Throw the football. Get there. Just take it all in. There's Jet fans everywhere. It's paradise. Yeah, um, I had that on my list as well, but I also had throwing out my shoulder after like five or six throws for no <laughs> reason at all. Um, good one. I have another comment to that, but I don't know if it's going to make it to my list or your list, or it makes it into like the the first four out that we didn't pick. But uh, next one for me, this is very specific, but it's one of my favorite things to do. When you're watching a family try to park in a parking spot, where people are grilling. It happens <laughs> it happens once or twice a pregame or a tailgate where you'll see kind of the, the fans are all oh, this is our spot. We're we always park here, put our grill in a perfectly good spot for someone to easily park. You can easily move it about ten feet away from the cars and, and kind of get it where a car can still pass. But no, they have to put it in a parking spot and the guy's always pulling in, he's pointing, everyone's pointing back at them. Um as an outsider looking in who has no game in the fight, it's awesome. The guy, the family that's parking has like two eight-year-old sons that he just had to fight in the car for an hour and a half. And they hit traffic on the turnpike. They, they, got, yeah. they didn't know you by the parking pass beforehand. Yeah. So then they're, they're scrambling. It's like 12-15. They're, the guy's sweating in this like Don Maynard jersey. And then he gets out of the car and, and he, he's fighting with his other group. Very the, mom's wearing, the mom's wearing sunglasses. She doesn't want any part of it. I probably should have kept that because you probably <laughs> didn't have that on your list. I could have easily not five, but, but one. I'm going to go. I, I have a good one. Number yeah. two, S- similar premise a little bit. Number two, hitting on any girls that park <laughs> anywhere near you. 
So if any <laughs> any girls come, they could be with guys. They could, you know, any girls of similar age will be getting hit on if they park near you. Like that's just how it goes. You know, you're looking around the tailgate. There's a bunch of older guys with their sons or or whatnot. You see a couple of you know of age women. Maybe you go say, hey, let's play some beer pong. You want to throw the ball. You know, you make fun of their jersey. If they're wearing an opposing team jersey, mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, the uh, Patriots suck. A, Girls love that. A funny thing, too, is they usually – it's probably someone that you know that you tailgate with often, and they're like, hey, I brought, like, nine of my sorority sisters, and they don't know anything about football. And then Mike has been historic for making sure to talk to each one of them. And then our buddy Tommy – uh, fell in love with a Cowboys fan last year at the tailgate, which was great. But no, good, good number two. Um, number three for me, driving into MetLife Stadium, playing the mm. Fox and CBS themes, entering Fuck. the parking lot. Fuck. Windows down, sunroof open, blasting them as loud as it can go. Um, usually going up, we'll talk about some old Jets rant, like Mike Francesa's rant against the Bills. Um, we always bring up that one in, in 2014, but once you get up to the line where they start pointing different directions of what lot you're going to, that's when it's go time. You start cranking music, driving on that one kind of circle road. Everyone's looking out, pointing at your car. Number three, theme music going into the parking lot. That's pretty good. That's you have good it? One. Uh, no, but I I'm shocked that you didn't have that one. That should have been the first thing I thought of. I am like number three. Number three. I'm going to go with fireball shots slash shotgun a beer every hour. Little home of the Jets. You know, maybe making my dad shotgun and then having him drive home later. Uh, but but mainly fireball shots. Very responsible. Drink Drink responsibly for these games, everyone. But, man, taking some fireball shots or shotgun a beer. You know, everyone's dad's there. You know, you're feeling good. They're just, you know, you know, we're a little bit younger. We're feeling good, too. We'll take our fireball shots. Then the dads get involved. Mm-hmm. The moms get involved. Then you got the nine sorority girls we talked about getting involved. Tommy's, Tommy's taking shots. We're feeling good. So fire, fireball, I don't think I've ever drank fireball not at a Jets tailgate. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was on my list as well. And you hit the nail on the head when you said the the jet chant leading into a shot is a classic. You got 20 people around. Everybody has a shot in hand. J-E-T-S, everyone goes crazy, takes a shot. You always see that one guy who's like off the rails too drunk, and you kind of see them like stumble their shot, and they kind of pour in, out of the pavement. Um, but good one on my list as well. That was probably up. Uh, that was my next one. So number four yeah. for me is very specific as well. So you drink a lot, you go over to a porta potty and you wait in line with a random jet fan who is a maniac. So there's always a crazy fan that you have to wait on line with. And they're talking about like 1978. He was at a game in this stadium, even though MetLife wasn't built in 1978. And he's just going off the rails talking about some type of jets conspiracy. Usually they're talking about how they've been a long time suffering fan. And I always like to, to talk with those fans because you don't get to see them all the time. And I'll probably never see him again. But I feel like every time I wait online, I'm seeing one of those characters. So very specific number four pick. All right, let me stick with the porta potty theme. <laughs> I'm gonna go smoking pot in the porta potty. 
is is my number four. It doesn't you know doesn't have to be in the porta potty. Maybe you have a little you know a little odorless apparatus. Go in the porta potty, take a couple of hits, feel good. For our younger listeners, stay in school, don't do drugs. But number four of my favorite things to do at the Jets tailgate is go in the porta potty and and do marijuana. Are we allowed to say that on the show? I mean, you can. I mean, you yeah. can. But um, <laughs> you have a pen, I'm assuming. You don't, like, roll up in the porta potty. No, nah, yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's excessive. Um, not a bad number four. Number five for me is once – it's a kind of a long, about three-hour, four-hour process of being comfortable with the game, feeling that it can kind of go 50-50. Maybe the Jets are an underdog, as they usually are. Around 11.30, we start talking about specific players and how they're starting to play better. 12.15, you take that fireball shot. You look over and say, I think we have a chance to win this. And as you're going up the escalator to the level of 300s, you're looking at of the sea of people that tailgated and pregame too long trying to get in. And you think to yourselves, we're going to win this damn game. So talking yourself into a win, going in, number five. There's nothing quite like going up the escalator in an intense game, you know, the last couple of years have been a little demoralizing, but when the, when the Jet fans are, you know, feeling good, thinking we're going to get a win in a big game, when you're on the escalator, people are chanting J-E-T-S. It feels good. It's like it your brothers, that, your brothers and sisters that you never met. Absolutely. Right. My number five is, is, so at the end, near the end of the tailgate as well, I think we're, we've been building towards that discussing old jet game moments from games that we were at a thousand times. So every single game you're going to go to the tailgate. We're going to say, dude, remember in 2009, the jets Panthers game. And then I will always say, I'm like, I was there. Reeves had the pick six. The ball hit Steve Smith in the shoe, which is a cool observation. But then every single time that gets brought up ever, I will say the same thing. So absolutely. Number yeah, my number five, rehashing old memories from games 100% of the time. And we have a friend, Tommy, and one of the biggest games of the decade, Jets being the Patriots week 16 of 2015. If that game gets brought up, it, you could even say it very quickly, and he could be 100 yards away, he will run up to you and say he was at that <laughs> game. But yes, anytime we, a specific game gets brought up, uh, we, we, we will mention that we were there which has been over the past few years, most of the games we've attended. So pretty cool to look back on. Very good top five, very specific. I'm going to have yeah. to really type them out on the PowerPoint to make sure that um, people get what we're trying to say. But I think it's going to be a tight race. This might be a, a coin flip. I have a couple of honorary me- uh, honorable mentions. Throw them. Bringing a, a sandwich from Jersey Mike's so we don't wow. have to cook anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Mike and I are notorious for not grilling. Um, yeah. We just buy a sandwich from Wawa or Jersey Mike's and we roll up with a bag of chips and 30 beers. So that's that's usually how we 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 handle the food and drinks at our tailgate. Oh, wait, no, I combined two other ones. I, I think that's my only real good honorable mention. But the tailgates, I mean, dude, throwing the ball, cracking open that first beer. I know the one you missed. You missed a huge one. What like the miss? biggest one I thought you were going to have. If another group is throwing a football... Oh yeah, Mike will jump it. the route and take like <laughs> pretend like he has a pick six back to the house. He does it every time, and you get like the fifty fifty reaction. Either people kind of laugh, they hear "Oh, Revis," and they're like, "Oh, that's kind of a funny guy," 
And the other guy's like, why do you just steal our football? Is he running away? Like, what is he doing? So there's always that weird – there's never a middle ground. People either love it or hate it, and he does it 100% of the time. Dude, got to look off the, the DB. Not bad. I'm not going to apologize for that behavior. That was good. That was good. We got to make that graphic. But in the meantime, we have a smaller Jets mailbag today. We're going to go through it pretty quick and then wrap up with a preview of the Week 7 game against the Buffalo Bills, which Darnold might play. Trending. Trending up. Trending towards playing. Bearded Sam, too. He has a beard. He looks nice. He looks handsome. He always looks handsome, to be, to be clear. He's an objectively so, attractive man. Starting the, the mailbag. Yeah. Steve Santer, friend of the program. Yep. The Jets offer Sam Darnold to the Jaguars for their first overall pick. That's it. We already have the first overall pick locked up. Douglas Gay's plan was to burn it down anyway. I'll take it. So he's saying that the Jets can get the number one overall pick and then trade Darnold to the Jaguars for their first overall pick. Right. Interesting. I don't think it's like that realistic. Not possible. Because the Jaguars are going to be in a spot picking, I think, anywhere from one to five. And there are other quarterback prospects, even though Lawrence is the prize jewel, there's other ones that can pop up, like a Fields, Trey Lance, and others, that I think the Jaguars would be fine resetting the clock and not taking Darnold. And because right, that's plus a Minshew's been Minshew's been fine. Yes, and I lo- I think Gardner Minshew is very, very underrated. But everything's leaning towards the Jaguars go quarterback potentially. And if they do they could trade the pick back if they think Minshew's their guy and get a, a plethora of picks, which is a good call. I don't see Darnold going for a, a top 15 first-round pick if they do trade him. If they were to, I think it would be a, a team like the Colts that people talk about where you see it mid-late first-round pick. Even that might be too much um, for where they value Darnold. Yeah, I mean, the most likely trade – the Jets would probably make with the Jaguars if the Jets get the first pick and decide to move back. The Jaguars have two first-rounders this year, so um, you could see the Jaguars trading maybe two ones this year and a one next year to move up from five to one. We talk about the RG3 trade. The Redskins moved up four spots with the Rams in 2012 to the second pick and traded three ones and a two. Uh, and, you know, Trevor Lord's a better prospect than Robert Griffin the third. So, yeah, I think that makes more sense than trading Sam for a top five pick. So, next one from Joe Liberta. Thoughts on Kevin Mawai as the next head coach for the New York Jets? Hall of Famer, former Jet, part of Herm Edwards' coaching staff for past three years. What do you think? Well, Joe has been great on Twitter regarding Sam Darnold. He's like very much in, in believes the same thing that we do in regards to keeping Sam and trading the pick if we have the number one pick. So shout out to Joe for all of his good work uh, on the Twitter verse. Kevin Mawai, I mean, I, I, I always like experienced um, players too, but especially coaches. I love experience. That's why I love Jim Harbaugh. I like results. The guy was 44 and 19 as a coach. We talk about it all the time. If you want to make Kevin Mawai an offensive line coach, um, it, you know, sure. I don't know too much about his, his coaching acumen, but you know, hall of famer, great jet, 
Sure, bring him on. Like Heinz Ward is one of is an assistant coach in the Jets. Probably great for those young receivers to talk to Heinz Ward. I would love if Connor McGovern got to spend some more time with Kevin Mawai. Yeah, and and Mawai was a assistant offensive line coach for the Bears in 2016, and then went over to Arizona State with um, Herm Edwards for the past three years as a quality control analyst. So I think he needs to take a few more steps before becoming a head coach. Um, as Joe, you know, alluded to, but let's start with a normal position coach and then see where he goes from there. So one Mike McCagnan pick from Zach Carr that you would want to bring back outside of Jamal Adams and Leonard Williams. Ooh, I mean, it's a vicious question. Uh, off the top of the head. Yeah. Is, is, is very like, is tough. Who, does anyone stand out to you immediately? Because at noon was before. I mean, it's tough. <laughs> I can't think of it's one tough. guy that would. <laughs> it's tough. Let's go All right, let's the go... draft. Yeah, let's go through the draft. What was his first draft? 2015? Yeah. Yeah, that was. They took Leo. So we can't have Leonard Williams, is the point? You can't have Leonard. Okay. So the ones no you can one... get, I'll go through it right now. Okay. Devin Smith, no. Lorenzo Malden, Bryce Petty, Jarvis Harrison, Deion Simon. The only two that you can consider. Ugh. Not even two. You can only consider Devin Smith from that draft. All right. I don't think Devin Smith is going to help our current situation. Agreed. Darren Lee, Hackenberg, Jordan Jenkins still on the team. Justin Burris, Brandon Shell, Lachlan Edwards, Sharon Peak. <laughs> you can only – I mean, from so far, I – Darren Lee is the best athlete, so yeah. we'll keep going. He made a tackle in the game last week I saw on the Chiefs. I know, are Darius Stewart, Chad Hansen, Jordan Leggett, Dylan Donahue, who drove the wrong way, drunk down the Lincoln Tunnel one time. Elijah McGuire, Jeremy Clark, Derek Jones. Dude, Jordan Leggett is my fucking guy. I know, you love Leggett. I always tried to defend that pick, but um, like 14 catches one year. Nathan Shepard is still on the team. Perry Nickerson, Trenton Cannon. That's uh, that's who you, and you can throw Jakai Polite in there from 2019. You know who I would probably take. I mean, I, I think I know who you're gonna say, and I, I don't even know. Maybe I would take Brandon Shell just to be offensive line depth. So, so I would take, and this is probably unpopular. Yeah. I'd probably take Trenton Cannon. Because at least he can be a gunner for your team, and the Jets' gunners have been pathetic this year, and True. gives you a kick returner, a punt returner, you can get out there, give you speed. I know with P Ryan, I mean, you have to hope that like, Gore is not going to be around. So next year you have P Ryan, Cannon. That's crazy that and we're talking about bringing Trenton Cannon and Brandon Shell from these drafts if you take out Leo and Jamal. You know what? Maybe you could do. Maybe you could take Darren Lee and then trade Avery Williamson to the Steelers. Because the Devin Bush got hurt, not a bad get, idea. Get either. a fifth or sixth round pick, hopefully. I don't know if you could trade Jordan Wills, uh, Willis for a sixth round pick. You know, yeah. But that no, trade wasn't that crazy. Like a, a sixth round pick in the sub, like the next draft in the twenty twenty two draft is not very valuable. It's probably the same. Yeah, it's a forty ers pick too in twenty twenty two. You're assuming they get healthy and they make yeah. the playoffs. It's a late six compared to an early seven that we also swapped with them. It's not. I get it. I get it's a good trade, but it's nothing that is going to be like Joe Douglas. You fleece them. Uh, 
So the username that Jets ruined the Jets ruined my quarterback is from the next uh, Twitter handle. Is that the guy's name? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you trust more with your life in the line? A Gase designed rollout to a, for a Josh Malone touchdown? And I'm, I'm trying to read this. So it, it looks like he's saying Joe Flacco to Josh Malone designed rollout. Or Pierre Desir has to lock down Tyree Kill on fourth down. I am not here for all the Pierre Desir slander. <laughs> I know you've been frustrated with him this year, but at least the dude is around the football. So when, when we hated Tremaine Johnson, there would be multiple times where he would just get burned and toasted. Guys are 15 yards behind him. He's nowhere to be seen. The one really bad play from Desir this year that has been brought up a lot is the Jerry Judy jumping over him touchdown against the Broncos on Thursday night. And that play sucked, but Desir is there. He had, and he has three picks. He had a pick six in that game. So I'm, I think Desir is a much better player than Josh Malone. And Joe Flacco is a statue, so I don't want him rolling out. So I will take my chances with Desir, who is taller than Tyreek Hill in the goal line situation, than Joe Flacco rolling out per Adam Gase's design to one Josh Malone. I agree with you in a scenario, and I agree with you that the the Judy Moss catch isn't the the biggest indictment on Pierre Desir. My problem with him was you say he's around the ball. There's been a half dozen times where he, a curl route or flat, and he's like eight to nine yards away. So yes, he's not getting beat over the top like Tremaine Johnson. I do think the Denver game is hilarious, going back and forth, having two one really incredible interception getting his feet down. The other one would have been picked off by three other people, but he ran it back for touchdown. Props to him. Did not have a good game besides those two, but those were two huge plays. So I, I agree with you that we might have to take a little bit of a breather on on hating to see her as much as I did early on in that night. Just, just because the Jets suck doesn't mean that everyone on the team sucks. Every square is a rectangle. Not every rectangle is a square. We talk about that all the time. So should the Jets be relegated to an intramural team if they don't fire Adam Gase by Ben Labas? I mean, if they don't fire Gase, they're, they're a joke of a franchise to the point that I, I'm not going to a game next year if they keep Adam Gase. I'm selling the season tickets for a year because I, I can't go to a game that you, you've already seen all you can. The, I mean, what I guess the worst case scenario for all parties, and I, I want to see the Jets win games, is if they somehow go five for five in the next ten games, and and they're like, oh, we're trending in the right direction. They they don't get rid of Sam, which I love, and then they keep Adam Gase for a year. I think that could play into this scenario. I I don't. There's nothing to defend it. Yeah. Well, we we weren't all right. Last year, Adam Gase was whatever. There's a lot of injuries. Darnold got mono. Trevor Simeon died. Luke Falk played a lot. We said, pump the brakes. Let's see what Gase does this year. And what he has shown this year has been abysmal and embarrassing and a lack of fight, a lack of leadership, a lack of effort from the team, a lack of execution, all indictments on the coaching. Uh, The Jets don't look like they can compete in football games. They have the worst point differential through six games in NFL history. Everyone knows that Gase is terrible. So it's enough. Um, but again, we are very, we're patient. We're not, um, we don't want to move on from Sam. For example, we don't like continuous turnover. 
in the organization, but at some point it's, it's enough is enough. And it's a slap in the face to the fans to keep this guy around as long as the jets have, you know, with this, just, you almost forget what normal football looks like. Crazy, crazy. Um, J.E.G. asking about the trading block and what could happen to the deadline. I'd refer you over to the last episode that we did. We did a, about a 10-minute breakdown on what to potentially do at the trade deadline. Two more questions, and we'll wrap it up, both by Jets Theory. Um, who would win a tug-of-war? Team 1, Foley, Phillips, Anderson, Franklin Myers, or Becton, Quinnen, Huff, and Bless Austin? So I think they're handicapping in by throwing Bless Austin on the team. Yeah, well, I mean, I will just go with the four linemen. But the problem is Becton is like almost two people. Legit two people. And Bless is jacked. Bless got jacked in the offseason. But Bless yeah, might miss the tackle of the rope. Might let it go past him for 10 extra yards. No, I do like Bless Austin. I hope... Eh. We hope he pans out. That's a tough question. I'm doing a coin flip. I'm not even... I would probably go with the four linemen as well. Final question, down six points, 30 seconds left. Jets are on the opponent's 15-yard line, one timeout remaining. Current Jets offense, who do you trust more in this situation? Prime Kellen Clemens, 2010 Mark Brunel, 2020 Joe Flacco. Is Kellen Clemens ever have a prime? I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't think... I mean, I, I, I think don't want... I go Flacco. Yeah, twenty twenty Flacco has been really bad though. I might go. Yeah, you know, twenty ten Mark Brunel was one and zero, undefeated. With, with the... Yeah, undefeated. Week seventeen won the game. I actually put out a highlight clip of Mark Brunel throwing touchdowns on the Jets because I don't know. I don't have many things to do during the quarantine, the coronavirus. But yeah, Mark Mark Brunel threw two touchdowns in that in a week seventeen win against the Bills in twenty ten. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to go with Mark Brunel. And, and by the way, Mark Brunel, well, Joe Flacco has the best career out of all those guys. But Mark mm-hmm. Brunel had a very good career. He was on the late 90s Jaguars teams who were excellent. The Jaguars became a franchise in 1995 and went to the AFC Championship game a couple times in the late 90s with Tom Coughlin. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that was, those were fun teams. If you want to look, they, they had two really good receivers, Keenan McCardell. Uh, and who was the other guy in the Jaguars in, in 1990, in late 90s? Hmm. Let's see. I literally have no idea. They had uh, – oh, Jimmy Smith. Two, two, they would have 1,000 yards every year, those guys. They had Fred Taylor. Cool teams. Very cool. All right. <laughs> I think that's it for the mailbag. If you made it this far, before we get to a quick preview of the Bills Week 7 game, don't forget to subscribe, rate, reply do everything you can get the podcast going we're having a lot of fun a lot of good guests so far going on to the bills game i thought early on the week there was no way that darnell was going to play said today that his shoulder feels good a little bit of pain which i wish he didn't say but he thinks that he can get the job done on sunday i need to see him play i don't want to watch a flacco bills matchup it's going to be an absolute disaster. I think the Bills are about a nine and a half to ten point favorite. I keep seeing different numbers, um, but Mike, what do you think about the game? Initial thoughts. Well, the the interesting thing about the Bills. So the Bills started off four and zero. Josh Allen is an early season MVP candidate, 
And then, but the defense has been terrible this year. Um, and the offense has fallen off the last few games. The Bills actually have a minus 12 point differential for the season. So despite starting 4-0, they beat the Jets by 10. And then they won three straight one-score games over the Dolphins, Rams, and Raiders. And then got blown out by the Titans. They really got bl- destroyed by the Chiefs. The Chiefs had 466 yards of offense. The Bills had 206. They lost by nine points. But they've been very unimpressive. They're letting up 28 points a game. If Sam Darnold plays and Becton plays, you're going to have most of the offense intact. So the Jets coaches actually did a really good job this week. Adam Gaze and Dowell Loggins both said, pump the brakes on Sam a little bit. Let's wait to see him play with the group that we brought him into play with. The quote from Gase was kind of funny because he said, you know, the, the guys that we signed to surround Sam haven't been with him. So he mentioned Crowder and, and, and drafted. So he's mentioned Crowder and Mims and Perryman and Herndon. But he, of course, didn't mention Le'Veon Bell because he's yeah. gone. Um, but look, if you give Sam some time to throw, which I think the line will do if those guys are back, the Bills have been hemorrhaging rushing yards on the ground. Maybe this is the week, Matt. We'll see the Jets have their third 100-yard rusher in Sam Darnold's career behind the young quarterback. Hey, I would love that. I just want this game to be meaningful and if they lose, have it be a normal loss. I don't understand why the Jets can't go out there and lose 28-24 if Darnold plays. Maybe some of the guys pop, to your point. Desir, Poole, Bless maybe. And you have this, this secondary that can calm them down. John Brown has missed two straight games of practice, or two straight practices, rather. I'm fine with a loss. I'm not dying for the Jets to win this game. I just want to see Darnold go out there and sling it. That's all I, that's all I care about. Because having three straight years of potentially 13 games or less being played by your starting quarterback isn't fun. That, that gives you a 21-day window, even more, of just not watching your quarterback play football in the fall. It's like a horrible feeling, and I just need to see him out there. Yeah, but something to keep in mind in this game as well, Jamison Crowder did not practice today. This is Thursday. He had a groin injury, and Perryman was questionable earlier in, earlier in the week. So... I just I I am I can't believe that you know there's just no times where we get to see our actual offense play. Not once have we seen even half of our normal offense on the field. So you know you want to see Sam out there with the full offensive line, which has been playing better of late, and with the you know the because we said before the season it was Crowder, Perryman, and Mims, and if one of those guys gets hurt we're in trouble because Vincent Smith or Jeff Smith is going to have to play a big role for a bunch of weeks. And this is before the season when, you know, we're trying to convince ourselves the Jets are going to be okay. How are they going to compete, et cetera. So not only have, you know, those three guys haven't played together. Mims hasn't played at all. Perryman's missed three games or four games. Crowder's missed two. Now, you know, both Crowder and Perryman come back. Mims is supposed to come back and they're all kind of questionable. So, just want to get those guys out there with the real offensive line. Give Sam some time to throw. Maybe he'll step, you know, have a little better footwork. Uh, and, and the Jets can play a close game. I don't see why not. The Jets, you know, with Sam Darnold can compete in normal football games if we have some sort of cast surrounding him. I like it. You have a final score prediction? Yeah, look, the Bills are, again, hemorrhaging points. This will change if Crowder or Perryman don't play, especially Crowder. Um, but I think the Jets lose somewhere 27 to 23. I think it's going to be a closer game. Um, you know, what, if the Bills put up 30, I won't be shocked. If the Jets put up less than 20, I won't be shocked. 
But I think it's somewhere close like that. I think if Darnold plays, throws a couple touchdowns, uh, the Jets should be able to run the ball. Uh, even with, you know, Frank Gore, hopefully we get to see some LaMichael Pirine. Let's see some Ty Johnson who looked, he had three carries for 42 yards last week. He is, he has the longest run for a non, uh, for her running back over the last three years, 34 yards. So since Isaiah Crowell, um, so we'll see what happens, but ho- hopefully the Jets let their younger guys play a little bit and, and Sam has a really nice game. Yeah, I'm in the same boat of you. I'm going 28-23 bills. I would love to see Sam get out there to our point. Uh, but time will tell. I think we'll have a good understanding for um, where Sam um, lays tomorrow's injury. But I think one thing the Jets are doing is they they know what's going to happen Sunday, barring any major development in Darnold's shoulder. I think they know right now if he's going to play or not. I think they're keeping it from the bills just for them to prep for both quarterbacks. Not that it's going to matter. Not that it's going to add too much time for them. But I think Gates and the entire coaching staff is just being very cautious, not saying the plan yet. I think right now they know whether Sam is going to play or not. And if obviously Sam comes in tomorrow or Saturday and is like, my shoulder's killing me, he's not going to play. Be a big development. Other than that, I think they already know right now, but we'll see where we land. I think that's it for episode 13. Yeah, a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have a nice, uh, a good guest on next week as well. Joe Blue, it was great this week. That was a lot of fun. He was great. If you want to go back, we have a ton of episodes and the guests that we have, it's not very time specific. So if you ever want to listen to Michael Nania or Joe Caparoso, Connor Hughes, Connor Rogers, those episodes are funny in the, in the sense of you don't need to be caught up with all the jet information. We're not very time relevant there. Right. So still have a yeah, good I mean, look, we'll, maybe we'll break down a game or like a little bit of a game, but mostly we're just asking them kind of some fun questions, seeing their takes on some of the Jets players and, and like you said, yeah, you could probably listen to those at any time. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks for listening. Yeah.